It's time for Fat Dude Digs Flicks with your host, Andy the Fat Dude. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Fat Dude Digs Flicks. I am your resident fat dude, Andy, coming to you recorded from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I am in the mobile studio right now after a 12-hour shift at work. I am tired. (laughs) I am ready for bed. Uh, I've been dealing with some ear problems. Like, my right ear feels like it is in a constant state of clog. The clog is kind of going away finally, but there's still like a slight nagging pain. I went to the doctor uh, last week to talk about various things, and we t- I, I told him about my ear, and he uh, prescribed an eardrop. I will pick that up which I'm super excited about, what with prescription drug prices being what they are, even with insurance. Yay. Uh, But uh, hopefully it will finish this ear infection, ear ache, whatever you want to call it. It'll finish it up, and uh, then I can feel like a fully functioning, you know... Able, able-bodied person again. I feel like there's a something really insensitive in there that I said, so I always got to be a little cautious. Uh, yeah, I'll get. I'll, I won't feel like my head is clogged all the time. We'll put it that way. We'll just say that. That way, I'm trying to, you know, do the right thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now that I kind of caught myself being an asshole and probably made myself even more of an asshole. Hey everybody, how's it going? I uh, hope you all are doing well. Uh, I am doing alright. It's been uh, well, it's been one of those years for movies so far. What I kind of want to do today is uh, take some time to praise a genre that has kind of, for me at least, resulted in the best movies of the year so far and typically that's not always the case Uh, but this year I have really enjoyed comedies Uh, so I will talk about four comedies that I've really enjoyed Uh, two of them are currently available on Netflix uh, which is really cool Uh, and then two other ones are of course uh, playing in major theaters by the time you listen to this uh, I think one of them has already migrated to the like cheap seats, the discount houses, uh, and the other one, sadly, probably will be there soon, too. Uh, again, that's no reflection of the quality of those two movies. Um, it just seems like we are living in a world where a movie has to cost a hundred and something million dollars to make for it to make that much money at the box office. Uh, or make any money at the box office. So, uh, later on, I will talk about Booksmart and Longshot and Always Be My Maybe and Someone Great, as those four movies, I think, have kind of, you know, really stood out this year uh, amongst the pack. I was, I kind of lamented as before I walked into Booksmart that I haven't really loved any movies yet so far this year and with june now upon us and you know almost almost a third of the way gone uh it's it's difficult when i don't have any movies that i completely love 
uh, that I'm totally 100% behind. But then I watched Booksmart, and I'm there. Uh, so that is good. So I'll talk about comedies here in a little bit. Uh, before I get to that topic of conversation, uh, I want to kind of mention a couple of other things uh, that have been uh, going on online. And I'll start, I guess, with some, you know, selfish <laughs> uh, selfish stuff. Uh, I was able to record an episode uh, of one of my favorite podcasts this past weekend. Uh, this was really exciting for me. I have listened to the podcast So I Married a Movie Geek uh, probably for about as long as it has been on. Uh, it's one that I really enjoy. The concept of it is that this husband uh, is, of course, obsessed with movies. He is the movie geek, and he tries to get his wife to watch these movies, and they podcast uh, talking about these movies. Uh, and because it's been on for over 10 years... It's kind of changed a little bit, that their format has changed, because now she has become uh, quite a well-versed movie geek as well. So, you know, she'll make him watch movies, they'll go see movies together, new releases, or talk about new releases together, uh, and they also do this thing called a fantasy movie draft. Now, a fantasy movie draft is a lot like fantasy football, in that the competitors... Uh, go in kind of a round fashion, you know, and they, they choose uh, actors or characters or movies that fit a certain topic, um, kind of like, you know, in, in, in draft order. And then at the end of the draft, they try and determine who has the best team by way of voting online. And I was able to participate in a draft. I have been wanting to do this for such a long time. I have really enjoyed uh, their various fantasy movie drafts. Uh, I think Justin is a really fun host. Uh, Chrissy is as well. They're just really enjoyable uh, as podcast hosts. And I really wanted to um, get a chance to be on there. You know, and I was nervous as hell. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was super nervous. And it's weird because I get to go on the radio every week and I'm not nervous. I get to go do a, like, a little video review at uh, this local uh, uh, kind of used media store, Last Stop CD Shop. I get to do a video review with them every couple of weeks. Not really nervous when I go do that. I do this podcast, and I'm just sitting in my car talking to myself while people drive by or walk by and kind of look at me like, what What the hell is that guy doing? I'm not nervous. You know, so I, I'm, I'm a, a theater guy. I've done plays. I'm not nervous when I get up on stage. Uh, but doing this, recording this podcast with them, I was, I was nervous. Like, I was just, you know, I felt ugh, like, like I was going to screw up. Like, I, I, my, my audio was going to fail, or I wasn't going to be funny, or I was not going to be able to get my picks, and I'd run out of picks and have to kind of find somebody else. Uh, yeah, I was, I was a little nervous. And I'd like to think that, you know, I calmed down over the course of recording. Uh, you know, I feel like at first my voice is pretty tight, and I kind of do that swallow talk where I'm, you know, or, or I'm not breathing properly, where I'll talk so much I'll run out of breath and then I'll have to really catch myself and breathe at the end. Uh, you know, really nervous talking. And I wonder if it's, you know, I wonder if part of it is because it's like, you know, this is getting exposure to more, you know, people like myself. 
more, uh, you know, movie podcasters, more, you know, movie critics that listen to this stuff, a, a wider audience that kind of fits into the audience that, you know, I want to break through with so that I can do something with Fat Dude. Because I love doing this podcast. Like, I do. I, I love it. But, you know, there are like maybe 20 people that listen to it on a, on a, uh, regular basis. And I think that's great. Like, I, I super appreciate the 20 people that listen. I would not give up these 20 people. The, the 20 of you that are hearing my voice right now, I certainly would not give that up uh, for anything. But, man, it would be cool to, to double that. <laughs> It'd be cool to get 40 people to listen. It'd be really cool to get 50. And if I got over that, holy shit, I don't know what I would do. Uh, but, I mean, getting to do an episode with, with people like that or I can get my, my name out there, you know, I, I think I was a little bit, little bit nervous about that because, man, it would just be cool to, to get bigger numbers and to really get myself out there because that's, ultimately, that's what I want with Fat Dude is I want to be a source for people, not just in South Dakota, Nebraska, you know, this area, uh, not just a source for, for them, but uh, a source for everyone uh, that people go to uh, for, you know, my opinion of movies as a, a source of recommendations. You know, people aren't always going to agree with what I have to say, and I get that, and that's that's something that I, I come to terms with because, you know, I'm not the most aggressive fella in the world, and I said that in the podcast, too, because, you know, it's a giraffe, so you're trying to talk shit to the other competitors. I'm not, I'm not very good at that. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm not good at talking shit to people. So I didn't really do that very well. Uh, so, you know, when, when people are, are talking shit to each other, I, I kind of fail. I tried. I tried a couple of times. I tried to insult people's pics, but I'm not, I'm not very good at it. So I, I found myself like, oh, yeah, that was a good pick. That was a good pick. And when you're doing a draft, that's kind of not what you're wanting to do because you're not really psyching them out. So, yeah, I mean... I was nervous, but overall, I had a really good time, and I feel like I got a great team out of this draft. I don't want to give anything away. I want you to be able to hear it for yourself, or at least, you know, when Justin posts that on the uh, So I Married a Movie Geek uh, Twitter account, I want you to be able to see it then. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I was able to pretty much draft my dream team. Like, the team that I had picked out uh, before I did the draft, like, just sitting in the living room and be like, all right, it would be really cool if I could get this person, this person, this person, this person. I got that. Uh, and the one alteration was because someone I thought, who, who I thought would be gone in the first round was still available. So I swooped in and I was like, all right, I'm probably going to lose somebody because of this. But I went ahead and grabbed that person. And I feel pretty confident in my team and of course when that episode posts and all that good stuff i will post a link to it on all of the social media accounts because man it'd be cool to have your vote uh yeah it would just be a lot of fun uh but yeah so i'm i'm trying to make strides in that direction to get involved with other podcasts get my voice and my name out there and hopefully my you know my film knowledge and appreciation for film kind of translates over to these other other podcasts and I don't feel like a complete schlub just kind of talking about stuff like that. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I also am slated to do two episodes of Backlot 605. Oh man, I'm really excited for that too. 
uh, I think this this group of guys, uh, this group of people, uh, because uh, there are some women involved with that one too. I think this group of people they're awesome, and it's really cool to kind of have uh, you know uh, uh, a bit of a uh, community here in Sioux Falls for people that love films to just sit and talk about it, and I'm really excited to get to go on this podcast with them. Uh, I listened to their latest episode, uh, Overnight at Work, where they were fan casting uh, a new X-Men, you know, if, if X-Men gets rebooted in the MCU, uh, who they would see in the roles, and uh, some of the casting was really good. Some of, the, some of it I disagreed with, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a crapshoot, like, for something like that. Like trying to pick who is going, who's going to play these parts, like they cast out of the ordinary sometimes. So uh, I think they they made some pretty good choices. I'm trying to remember one in particular right now that I I really liked. I think uh, uh, they mentioned Killian Murphy as Magneto. There was another option they said as well, and they may have gone with that one. But I think Killian Murphy as Magneto is a uh, is a pretty good choice. It's a pretty good choice. He's kind of one of those actors that isn't super famous, but if he gets the right part, he devours it, and it's awesome. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm really excited to get to record a couple episodes with Backlot 605, talk to some of the guys uh, who did the So I Married a Movie Geek podcast with me, and we're talking about me being a guest on there too. Uh, if I find the right subject, maybe I'll have them on a guest as a guest on here so yeah i just think it'd be a lot of fun and i think it's cool to kind of broaden this network uh i think my the episodes that i do with ryan uh where we talk about you know the stuff that he really is excited about uh those ones tend to do okay uh and i think i think having someone to bounce my ideas off of uh, or, or have a conversation with, you know, that just makes more sense instead of me just talking into my phone for, you know, about a half an hour. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited for that. So we'll see, we'll see what happens there. Uh, the other thing I really want to talk about right now, uh, June is pride month. Uh, so to all my LGBTQ plus, uh, friends out there, uh, I hope you enjoy this pride month. I hope, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that, the world looks at you with the love and acceptance and tolerance that you deserve every day. Uh, that's that's what I hope. But it's nice that there's this month where you really get to celebrate your existence because you deserve it. Like it's it's an inalienable inalienable human right that you have to flourish and exist. And I, I hope you, I hope, I hope you take this moment to celebrate yourselves and your fight and all of that stuff because, goddamn, you deserve it. Um, yeah. So I've changed my my social media logos to kind of reflect, you know, that hey, yeah, pride. Uh, I am in support. Uh, also, I just want to do a shout out here. Um, there is a critic who I followed for a very long time. Uh, she is from uh, kind of this area, uh, and she has connections to this area. Uh, and she came out in a in an article that I think was genius, uh, where it was kind of disguised as a review for The Handmaid's Tale. 
uh, but she came out as a trans woman, and this this article is just incredible. Uh, so I highly, uh, you know, she's never going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> like, I mean, she never will, and that's 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 fine. But I, I really think you should check out uh, Emily Vanderwerf's uh, Twitter account. Uh, you should check out her Vox article. She's on Vox.com, uh, where she comes out as tr- as a trans woman and kind of details her uh, transition process and kind of pairs it with uh, discussing The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu, which I've wanted to watch for a long time, and, you know, I, I get lost in TV shows. I, I don't really get to watch as many of them as I would like to, uh, but it makes me all the more excited to dive in and give that a shot uh but yeah a big big uh uh shout out and just uh, i am i am so proud of you uh for um going on this journey and and now feeling like you are free to be yourself i'm i just think that's wonderful and uh i hope that i hope that more people embrace that i hope that more people embrace uh just being who they are because man like, I don't know what we get out of a world filled with hate. I don't know what anybody really gets out of a world filled with hate. And if we can just love and accept each other and, you know, fight the fight that everyone deserves that right to be themselves, uh, that is good stuff. So I went off on a tangent there. But, yeah, definitely uh, check out em- Emily Vanderwerf's article on Vox.com. Uh, really, really good stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything else I wanted to cover before I get into comedies. Uh, oh, oh, this is really, really simple and really stupid, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, and I haven't really followed up on this myself because I didn't watch this week's episode. Uh, but I am always a really harsh critic on Lifetime movies and just Lifetime channel in general. Uh, I, I just... I feel like they're kind of cheaply made. Everything is cheaply made. And it's all kind of the same set of stories. Uh, And I don't know if there's another series on Lifetime like this. But I I went to work the other day. And the TV was uh, set to Lifetime Network. And I kind of groaned a little bit. And I was like, oh, man. I'm going to have to turn the station. But then uh, I heard... Like multiple shits and like uh, bitch and like vulgarity on the Lifetime Network, and I had to pause for a second. I was like, "What is going on?" Uh, yeah, Lifetime Network has a TV series that is rated MA called American Princess. Uh, it is this woman finds out that her fiance. Uh, is cheating on her on the day of their wedding uh, with a prostitute and she runs away. Like, she she flees the wedding. She's not going to get married. And she runs away to a renaissance fair and is now, like, engaged with the renaissance fair. Uh, Just seems completely outlandish, off-the-wall, goofball TV series, but uh, way to go, Lifetime, for doing a uh, TV, for having a show that has a TVMA rating. Uh, and it, it feels like it's, you know, fits the, you know, it's not just TVMA for the sake of being TVMA. The, the rating fits the content. So, kudos to the Lifetime Network 
for having a, sh- a series like that, and you know, I will try to watch it. I uh, I am genuinely interested in this, and I hope that it uh, succeeds so that I get a chance to watch some of this series. Uh, yeah, that's that's all the little uh, little tidbits I want to talk about. Uh, we'll take a little break, and then we will come back, and I will talk about four comedies that have just been. Uh, the best movie experiences so far this year. Uh, let's lay it out for you. We'll be back in just a second. Hey. Oh shit! Woo. Are we gonna go to school or? What's two plus two? up your vagina next year every time i come to visit you you're gonna be scissoring a different girl dude scissoring is not a thing don't knock it until you tried it don't knock it until you tried it that was of course a clip from the trailer uh to book smart which if you followed me at all on social media uh over the last, I don't know, maybe a month or so, which you can do at Fat Dude Digs Flicks on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, if you follow me at all, uh, you know that Booksmart is my favorite movie of the year thus far. And to be completely honest with you, um, four of my favorite movies of the year so far, I would say of probably my top five, if not my top, you know, six or seven. Uh, maybe I phrased that wrong. There are four movies that are definitely in my top six that are comedies, and those might actually be in my top five. Um, yeah, comedies this year have been pretty good, or, or the best movies of the year so far have been comedies, and this is my opinion. Uh, I know that a lot of people think otherwise. I know that a lot of people would put something like Avengers uh, Endgame in there, you know, favorite movies of the year so far uh people would probably put us up there shazam uh things like that uh but for me uh the movies that i've enjoyed the most so far this year have been comedies um and that's that's saying something because comedies are usually one of those genres that definitely get overlooked come oscar time uh i think if you were to go back and kind of look at how many people have won an academy award for a performance in a comedy, uh, especially over the last several decades, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find very many of them. Uh, and then, starting with nominees, there aren't a whole lot of uh, uh, comedian actors, comedian performers, uh, or comedies in general uh, that get nominated for Oscars. And I think that's a shame, because comedies really stick with us. And, and much like horror... Uh, I do believe that comedy is very subjective. Uh, it kind of depends that, you know, the things that I think are funny uh, may not necessar- necessarily be something that somebody else finds to be all that funny. Uh, and that's kind of a tricky uh, a tricky situation that you play with when you release a comedy. Because, you know, I know that, uh, judging from my experience as being someone who's lived the last... Oh man, now at least 15 years in South Dakota, uh, with a good portion of that traveling to a small town in South Dakota where my parents lived, um, the tastes uh, can be a little bit more conservative and that leans towards, you know, 
what kind of comedies it is that people enjoy, uh, what kind of comedies people really find funny. And a lot of the more adult humor, more, more, I guess, you know, for lack of a better word, more vulgar humor, doesn't really play exceptionally well with a lot of the people that might live in a smaller area, smaller town. Uh, a lot of the, you know, uh, people of a certain age, I think. I think they may not uh, enjoy as much of the humor in some of these movies as younger folks would. And that's not a, that's not a knock on them. It's just people find different things uh, offensive. People find different things to be funny. And I think I'm kind of right in that sweet spot where I'm not super offended by a whole lot, uh, but I don't want to watch something stupid. And if something's stupid and it, it thinks it is really funny and it's kind of playing that where it finds itself hilarious uh, at the expense of making really bad jokes, I'm not going to get into it. Uh, but I'm also a person that really enjoys a good story. And I think these four movies that I'm going to talk about today, uh, two of them are currently available on Netflix, um, actually have, have really good stories. And that's kind of what propels them into this um, uh, stratosphere for me as far as comedies are concerned. Uh, so let's dive right into it. We'll start off, of course, with Booksmart. Booksmart is, you know, as I've mentioned, it's probably my favorite movie of the year so far. It is, I've heard it broken down a lot, and you will probably hear it broken down a lot as kind of the, the female version of Superbad, which I get that. It is, it's a party movie. These, these two girls... Uh, have kind of been overachievers throughout their entire high school career. Uh, they, you know, have made good grades. They've been on the student council. They've started clubs, all of that stuff. But the one thing that they haven't done uh, throughout their high school career is really had much of a social life. Uh, in fact, they're kind of looked at as um, kind of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> the worst people in school. And now they've arrived at graduation and they spent all that time, uh, you know, trying to be good students so that they get in, could get into a good college. Uh, and it turns out that the students who also uh, they, went, they went to school with, but, you know, kind of were the, were the more social students, were the ones that, that partied a lot, uh, did drugs, goofed around, everything that they didn't do, uh, those students also got good grades and were able to get into pre prestigious colleges as well. This kind of sets them on a uh, 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 personal assignment. It makes it their, their goal is to spend this last night of high school, this night before graduation, uh, trying to experience what kind of fun everyone else had. They want to make an impact. They want people to see that they aren't losers, that they have lived a, uh, you know, satisfying social life as well. And, you know, it's pretty much, it's, it's, pretty much the same kind of thing that you would expect. I mean, they go to multiple parties, uh, you know, crash these parties and meet these zany characters and go through these zany experiences. And the thing that really sets it apart is that it does so, you know, it, it, it's the chemistry of these two students, these two girls, uh, played by Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein. Uh, they are just 
wonderful together. They're so funny. Their timing is great. They feel like they are genuinely friends. And they feel like they have established a real relationship with the other students they interact with. It, you know... You could say it's just acting, and it is. You know, I mean, you you have to do that. But I always, when I'm when I'm directing a play or or acting in a play, the notes that I really like to give and kind of take to heart is that a world feels lived in. It's not something where it feels like somebody is getting up on stage or getting in front of a camera for two hours to play this part. It is a world that kind of comes to life. And I feel like the world of Booksmart definitely comes to life. Uh, and and it, part of that is, is of course, due to these performances and how they, t- they treat these characters. Uh, I think Booksmart is just great. It's very funny. Definitely an R-rated comedy. There is a lot of, uh, you know, the kind of humor you would expect. Uh, it also, uh, for me, especially with coming-of-age movies now, you know, I'm... <laughs> I'm damn near 40. Like, I am I am knock, knock, knocking on 40's door. And I don't, you know, I don't feel like I know kids anymore. What what kids are into and and a lot of the, the, the things that kids are dealing with. Like, when I was in high school, this is, this is now me putting on my old man hat. Uh, when I was in high school, we didn't have social media. I mean, we would talk to each other on messenger but a lot of the time we would just go hang out with each other and go do stuff and and things like that and i'm sure kids still do that but there's a lot of pressure uh thanks to social media that really i think affects kids in more ways than than we know at its heart though even in this the social media environment and this this online world and you know what kids are experiencing now there's still this, you know, idea that kids want to succeed. They want to find their way in the world. They want to, they want to accomplish their goals or, or figure out a goal or, you know, do well, have, have a successful life. And when you're in high school, you are fighting so many different pressures, so many different things, and you're trying to figure out who you are. Like, I've looked back on my life, uh, and I was not super popular in high school uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I had my friends uh, and I would say my friends probably crossed a lot of different social groups, but uh, you know, and I, and I had kids that, that picked on me and made fun of me because, you know, here I was this like, I, don't know, I think I was 6'5 in high school. I'm 6'8 now. Uh, I think I was 6'5, six, 6'6 six, six in high school. But like a big guy And I went to high school in Texas where high school football, you know, they say it in the movies and on these TV shows that high school football is life. It's the truth. In Texas, high school football is life. And I looked like a football player, but was not. I was not a football player uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I played my freshman year and about halfway through, uh, I realized it was not for me and did not go back. And I, you know, I got a lot of uh, shit for that from other people. Uh, I kind of got dirty looks and made fun of a lot and, you know, laughed at behind my back. But as the years have gone by, like, I, I'm not saying that I'm okay with it, but I understand it a little bit because 
Everyone's trying to figure themselves out, and nobody wants to look weak or lesser than anyone else. Now, for the people that kind of shrugged all that off and were able to just be like, I'm just going to do me, man, I respect the hell out of that. And I tried to do that, and I think that's kind of why I really embraced what it was that I loved and and did the things that I wanted to do. That's why I got into theater. I'm going off on a tangent here to kind of say, like, you know, I don't hold any grudges towards anyone who picked on me in high school because I get it. We all are going through shit and we're trying to figure ourselves out. I was doing the same thing. It's it's life. So I don't help I you know, that that's that. But I think we all relate to that. I think we all kind of understand what's that like and what 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 that is like. And that's why Booksmart really sits well with me because no matter how distant I feel from teenagers today, there's still something about being a teenager that I can relate to. Uh, and I think Booksmart really handles that uh, exceptionally well. So you will not get, so far this year, you will not get a higher recommendation on a movie than my recommendation for Booksmart. It's great. Low budget, directorial debut of Olivia Wilde, who I don't think I ever would have really expected uh, her to be, you know, one of those directors that, that, that stands out as someone spectacular. But I also wouldn't have felt that way about Bo Burnham last year with uh, uh, Eighth Grade. I wouldn't have felt that way necessarily with Greta Gerwig with Lady Bird. So, I mean, these actors can really surprise you. And Olivia Wilde's direct, directorial debut, Booksmart, is fantastic. A wonderful debut, wonderful movie, great, great comedy. Uh, high recommendation for me. Uh, I'll try and spend a little bit less time on these other movies, just so, you know, I know you don't want to sit and listen to me for an hour, you know, but you can do it in segments, so... You know, it's, it's whatever, I guess. Uh, but the next movie I want to talk about is Longshot. Longshot is probably my second favorite movie of the year so far. Uh, and it is the first romantic comedy on my list. Uh, Longshot is the story of uh, two people who knew each other during their younger years. Uh, Charlize Theron's character uh, babysat for Seth Rogen when he was, you know, an early teenager. And they... I think they... they they almost kissed, and he got an erection, and she tried not to embarrass him for it, but her boyfriend at the time did, even though he didn't really know what was going on. And then, you know, that was it. And they grow up, and they all kind of go their own directions. Well, she becomes Secretary of State. He becomes a journalist for a newspaper. And when she is trying to find a new speechwriter, uh, he is who she hires, and the two kind of uh, rekindle their their relationship as friends and then sparks start to fly and they develop a romantic relationship the chemistry between Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen is electric like they are perfect I don't I, again, like I said with Olivia Wilde, she's not an actress that I thought would have been a, a wonderful director. I didn't think these two would make a really good romantic pairing, but they are just great together. Their comedic timing is awesome. They they just work really well. I think Charlize Theron, too, is, is another one of those performers that I feel like she can do anything. Like, I really do. I think she is so versatile and so good that I think she can pull anything off. And she spends a lot of this movie, you know, kind of playing the 
the straight character, the 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 the, the one who you know doesn't really get a lot of the goofball moments. But then sh- when she does get a goofball moment, uh, it is great. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought this movie was a lot of fun. Again, it's a movie with Seth Rogen, and you kind of know what to expect from a Seth Rogen movie. Uh, there, there is one of the most bizarre uh, bodily fluid movements in this movie that I did not see coming. <laughs> And saying that, the way I actually phrased that, uh, might be a bit of a spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's something. (laughs) But, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought this movie was really smart, really well written, and definitely well performed. Uh, I, I, I think these two are just great together. The other thing I like about this movie is that there are a lot of oh, that person is in it. You know, a lot of kind of uh, character actors that we've enjoyed in various movies, but they not, might not be people we really recognize. We may not know their names, but we know that we enjoy them. Uh, in particular, uh, June Diane Raphael is in this. She is, for me, she's the host of the uh, How Did This Get Made podcast, or one of the hosts of that podcast. But she's also a really solid uh, comedy actress in her own right. She's been on episodes of the, of New Girl. Uh, she was on Grace and Frankie, or is on Grace and Frank, Frankie. I don't watch that show yet, so I don't know... I think it's still going. Uh, But yeah, she shows up here in in a supporting role, and she's very funny. Just everyone who is in this movie is very, very funny. It is a great movie. And with both of these movies, the thing that's very sad is that they both hit the box office, and I believe they hit when some other huge movie uh, also came out. And they got pretty much decimated at the box office, uh because people chose the other one over them. And that's that's sad, but I mean, that's kind of how these things work, and I feel like you just kind of know that. I mean, you, you just kind of come to accept the fact that these movies, these, these smaller movies, aren't necessarily going to fa- fare well at the box office. So any money that they make is, is good, uh, but hopefully they find an audience uh, once these movies come home or, or once people start talking about them more. Uh, I really would like for Booksmart and Longshot to uh, you know, kind of last through the season uh, as the conversation goes on. I don't necessarily know that either one of these are Oscar contenders, uh, but I want people to find them uh, because I think people will really enjoy these movies. I, th- I thought they were super funny, uh, kind of loaded with heart, which for me, that's that's a big deal. I need to have that kind of emotional connection to them. And they're not, they're not necessarily emotional movies, but they're coming from a place that where the story is not just surface there's there's a there's another level there about how people connect to one another and i think that really stands out and it and makes makes for pretty good movies uh the next two movies i will talk about are both on netflix uh netflix you know i think people's opinions on the original product that netflix produce next netflix produces uh you know kind of varies from medium to medium. I think a lot of the original series, people just fall in love with those. But I think as far as the original movies go, uh, 
you know, I, I don't know if anyone's really in the corner of original movies. Uh, you know, we we had Roma last Oscar season, and I think for the service that you know did a lot because it was definitely an Oscar caliber movie. But I think as far as you know, and, and cinephiles loved it, absolutely loved it, and I wanted to because it's from a director that I enjoy. It's in beautiful black and white. Like it's just, it's just something really special that I was really excited for. And when I actually sat down and watched it, I was painfully disappointed. And that's that's a bummer. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I think general audiences didn't really flock to Roma, and that's that's sad. But I kind of expected that. But, as far as original content goes with movies, you know, it's touch and go. Something really special has to come out that people latch on to. And last year, I want to say that uh, To All the Boys I Loved Before was a movie that people kind of connected with, that got a lot of buzz uh, amongst audiences as a, you know, direct-to-the-streaming-service kind of romantic comedy. At least, you know, in the, in the circles online that I follow, it did. But... Um, these movies, I think, are kind of starting to have a little bit of a rumble, a little bit of an undercurrent online where people are interested in them and people are talking about them, and I think that's awesome. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is um, uh, uh, Someone Great. Uh, Someone Great is, I, I kind of got bubbled here because, again, I'm in the mobile studio, and anytime anybody walks by, I'm like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? Um, Someone Great is the first one I want to talk about. Now, this is this is kind of a controversial choice, uh, according to some people. Uh, but I really enjoy this movie. I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a romantic comedy, even though it touches touches upon a relationship. Uh, it stars uh, Gina Rodriguez and um, uh, Lakeith Stanfield is in this. Brittany Snow and then Dewanda Ware, I believe, is the last. Dewanda Wise uh, is the last actress that is in this. Uh, a, on the the night. Or, or shortly after this this long-term couple breaks up, Gina Rodriguez and Lakeith Stanfield, they break up, and everybody else, the, the, the group of friends, decide that they're going to kind of help their girl through this breakup uh, on, our, on her last night in town uh, because she is moving across the country, which is what kind of instigated the breakup. And it's kind of, it's, it's just a story of friendship between these three women. And I like stories like that. I like films that focus on friendship and really deliver, uh, you know, what it's like to connect with another human being. And I don't necessarily know that there are a lot of movies like that. It's not about the romance. This is not a film that is about the romance. It is about the love story. It's there. It is, it is very much there, and it is what propels this film forward. But the meat and potatoes here is how these three women interact with one another. And I think that's so great. I think it's just such a strong movie. It's really well written, really funny. Again, this is definitely uh, what I would consider an R-rated comedy. Uh, even though it's on Netflix and gets, I think, a TVMA rating. I think this is pretty close to an R. Uh, there are a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of sexual jokes uh, that you know I think uh, would be would play really well with the same crowd that enjoys Booksmart and Longshot. Uh, but yeah, I just I really enjoyed this movie, and I think I was kind of taken aback by how much I enjoyed this movie. Uh, and a lot of 
some other people were taken aback by how much I enjoyed this movie as well. And you know, that's going to happen. Uh, you know, not every movie is going to resonate with everyone else. And I, I can totally understand that this movie won't really resonate with some people. Uh, the, the main characters are... You know, there. I think it. I think it's set in New York, if I remember correctly. It's been a while since I've watched it, uh, but they are very much, you know, twenty-something, uh, thirty-something New Yorkers that are, you know, very geared towards partying and drinking and doing drugs and, uh, you know, just enjoying life, having a good time, and you know, that's not always. That doesn't always match up with the moral compass and moral code of of some people. Uh, and when they see that in movies, they're kind of like, how can, you know what is this but i thought it i thought it was good i thought it was a really solid movie uh and it's one of those that i think you can you know once you watch it the first time and you get the you know get the gist of the story and enjoy it i think it's one that you can have on in the background uh that and and really continue to enjoy it i think that's that's one of the things that plays really well with comedies i think with comedies you can watch them once and then watch watch them constantly uh my girlfriend and i we we watch we usually have like you know a tv series play in the background when we're eating dinner or something and you know it's just something that we can have on for you know a few minutes just for background noise uh and a lot of the times you know stuff like that we we've we've watched uh i'm gonna say new girl uh multiple times and we always seem to catch something new. Like, there's always a joke that we may have missed the first time through. Or a joke that we've forgotten, you know, after watching it several times. And then it hits us in the right spot, and then we, we laugh again. Uh, I think with stuff like this, this is, this is the kind of movie that would definitely do that. Uh, I think it benefits from multiple watches. Uh, so, yeah, I would really recommend Someone Great. Uh, it, it's, you know... It has a romantic comedy vibe, but it's definitely more of a story about friendship. And the last one that I will talk about, because I have, again, talked your ear off for far too long. Uh, this was one that was just recently released. This is Always Be My Maybe. Uh, this stars Randall Park and Ali Wong. Uh, they were best friends as kids. Uh, had a kind of a romantic entanglement that didn't quite go so well. Uh, their friendship dissolved. And then years later, they reconnect, and, uh, you know, whether or not it becomes a romantic comedy at that point, I will leave up for you to watch and see. But this movie is just delightful. Really well-made, really well-written, well-performed. Randall Park and Ali Wong are just outstanding in this. I don't think I've ever made any kind of a secret that I, like, don't like representation Wait, that's not, I'm not phrasing that right. Let's try that again. Uh, it's no secret that I appreciate representation in films. Oh, man, that could have gone so bad for me. That could have gone so bad for me, and I could have completely said the wrong thing there. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to keep this mess up in here just because. Uh, but it's no secret that I'm a fan of representation in film. Like, I love it when... Uh, uh, cultures and and races and uh, genders and and anything that doesn't really feel uh represented sexuality anything like that don't feel don't really feel represented on film and then finally there's a breakthrough where it feels like they are being seen that they are being heard that they get a chance to kind of see themselves up on the big screen i love that because you know 
Like Brian Cranston made a joke at the Tony Awards. He's like, "Oh, finally, the straight white man went gets respect for his job." And uh, I mean, yeah, all the time, all the time we do. Uh, so it is really nice for me to kind of. I mean, for me, it it's nice to see it, but it also like kind of welcomes me into a world that I don't know that I don't get to see because I am I am a straight white man living in the Midwest uh, so my exposure to a lot of different cultures isn't really that great except for what I see on film or what I read about or anything like that so getting a chance to kind of see a film like this and 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 having a whole culture of people feel like they are represented in a movie in genre that they don't feel so represented in is awesome. I watched a documentary earlier this year uh, about Asian American rappers and there's a part in there that really stood out to me and continues to kind of stick with me where, uh, you know, the Asian American men uh, never feel like they're allowed to be sexy like they have to be nerds they have to be uh or they're looked at as nerds they're looked at as goofy they're not respected as as you know masculine men and in in this movie (laughs) there was a scene there's a sex scene in this movie and it's like the man uh in this scene is allowed to be sexy and i love that like i love that they can just be who they are and be seen as something other than what you know we're constant the, the vision that we're constantly presented of them uh i think always be my maybe is just great it's just a great comedy great romantic comedy full of heart and man it has a gut punch of an ending that just like it's not it's not sad it's not like a nicholas sparks ending where all of a sudden someone dies just out of nowhere but I mean, it, it calls back to something earlier in the film, and really leaves a, 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 a you know packs an emotional wallop, and I love that. Uh, I also love the celebrity cameo in this movie. I think you know, for me, there are some parts where it <laughs> felt a little awkward. But everybody else seems to really enjoy uh, this celebrity's cameo. And I did too. I mean, for, for the majority of the film, I really enjoyed this. Ca- or for the majority of the cameo, I really enjoyed it. I, I felt like he was having a lot of fun kind of playing with uh, society's image of him. And, and the preconceived notion of what he acts like and what he's supposed to act like. And I think because of that, because it looked like he was having a really good time, uh, that made me enjoy it even more. Uh, yeah, this movie is just great. Um, these these two performers, Randall Park and Ali Wong, are just awesome. Like, Randall Park pops up in pretty much every movie now, uh, so it's great to see him as the lead in a film. And if you have not watched one of Ali Wong's stand-up specials, uh, she is absolutely hilarious. Uh, so these two are great. They've been friends forever. They co-wrote the script. It really shows. Uh, their chemistry really shows. This is just an awesome movie. And it's currently streaming on Netflix as well. If you like romantic comedies, uh, this is a great choice. And yay, representation, uh, I think is much more of that as we can possibly get. Because you know what? Uh, we've had uh, a whole entire history of cinema uh, for the st- straight white male experience to be told that it's not going to hurt 
uh, to maybe have a few more stories told from a different perspective, you know, maybe an African-American woman's perspective, you know, maybe a Hispanic perspective, uh, you know, just, just, you know, what, what other cultures are kind of dealing with. I don't really think that would hurt, you know, let's, let's have more gay romantic comedies. It's not gonna hurt anybody. It's not gonna hurt anybody. So representation represent. Uh, that's going to do it. I, I want to just say one more time, book smart, long shot, uh, someone great and always be my maybe. These are wonderful, wonderful comedies. I think they're just delightful. Uh, they're, they're, they're really funny. Um, uh, and they have heart. And if you're like me, where you need that kind of emotional connection, where, you know, it doesn't have to be super sappy, and you don't have to cry, but you just want to feel something for these characters, feel connected to them, these four movies definitely let you do that. And I think in a summer that is currently filled with remakes and sequels and adaptations and stuff like that, it is nice to just have four original properties uh, kind of telling their own story and doing so in a successful fashion, uh, I think that's great. I think we need more of that. So throw some money at these things. Uh, watch them if they're on Netflix. Go to your theaters and see these uh, uh, Booksmart and Longshot. I think that Longshot, Longshot has currently uh, dropped into the cheaper theaters, and Booksmart, sadly, probably is not far behind. Uh, so definitely take a chance. Go see these movies. That's going to do it for this episode of Fat Dude Digs Flicks. As always, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Just do a search for Fat Dude Digs Flicks. I would also highly recommend following my friends at Backlot605. They are an ever-expanding universe of contributors. Uh, they do a great podcast. I listened to their episode today uh, that actually just dropped this morning uh, about their favorite zombie movies. This is in uh, kind of a... Uh, um, in homage or, or, or in, in uh, leading up to the release of Jim Jarmusch's The Dead Don't Die, uh, which sadly will not be coming to Sioux Falls this week. So that's cool. Uh, but yeah, it's a really great episode. Uh, it's Brian and Casey, and they've got they've got Blake on that episode too. Uh, yeah, and and read their reviews online as well. They've got a lot of contributors now, and it is just turning into a pretty great, pretty great thing for them. And I, like I said earlier, I will get to be on a couple of upcoming episodes, so I am super excited for that. Uh, also, please join in the conversation on the Sioux Falls film community. If you live in this area, join the Sioux Falls film community on Facebook. We're talking about movies all the time. It'd be nice to have some more people just to kind of share ideas with and, and talk about movies with. We love it. We would love to have you on board for that. Uh, please subscribe to this podcast. Like this podcast. Rate and review it. The more ratings and reviews that I get, uh, the more eyes or... or <laughs> well, this is for a podcast. So the more ears get on the product. And, you know, I want this... I'd like I'd like to get some more listeners. I think it'd be a lot of fun to have more people listen to this. So yeah, send me a review. That would be awesome. Uh, follow the YouTube channel. There will be a new video coming soon. I am trying to work on a schedule so that I have a regular production of content there. I've got ideas. I just need to actually do them. So follow the YouTube channel again. It's Fat Dude Digs Flicks. I've got a couple videos on there already. And uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it. So thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week thank you for listening to fat dude digs flicks